Well, good morning. Glad you're joining us. Glad you're joining us online this morning as we have come to the day after Christmas. So hope you all got what you wanted. Maybe. Uh, we'll see, right? You can all tell your stories at some point and uh, see how that went. So as we gather this morning, we're going to take time at the end here to take communion together. So if you're online and want to do this, just grab uh, a couple elements to take that with us. We invite you to do that with us at the end. So Christmas reminds us of a God who came to rescue us and ultimately laid down his life for us. So this is going to be important today to be able to do that because one of the ways we remember that, one of the ways we look forward to that there is a purpose for Christ's birth. One of those purposes that we talked about was that he was going to die in our place, that we remember that and we celebrate that with communion. And so that's why we're going to do that this morning, and that's going to be a, a regular part of our church. Uh, more regular going forward, got a little off track there last uh, couple years with, with everything going on, a more regular part of our church. So why do we do communion? Why do we do it? You know, I, I often wonder sometimes if the kids look at us and go, do the adults need a snack during church? Yeah, right? Is, is that their problem? They're not going to stay alert or awake or, or what's going on? And, you know, what is it? Those are important questions. And I'm going to tell you, parents, if you don't take time to explain it to their, your kids, they will just believe things that aren't true. I know this for a fact because I did this, okay? And my parents never told me this. I have no idea why I heard it. And when I told my mother this, she was not very happy with me, okay? Because she's like, I can't believe you thought that. Well, you didn't tell me any different, right? You never told me you thought that. Here's what I thought, okay? I thought you had to get baptized in order to take communion. I have no idea where I ever thought that, heard that. Uh, I don't remember any sermon ever about that. But that's what got into my little whatever-year-old head. So I didn't think I could take communion until I got baptized. And I didn't get baptized until I was 18, okay? So that's another long story, okay? Uh, so uh, that's for another day. But anyway, because of that, I didn't take communion until I was 18. And I remember when my mom thought she was so mad at me. Like, why do you think that? And I don't know. Nobody explained anything. I knew what it was, right? I knew why we did it. I, I had a relationship with Jesus, all those different things. But I had no idea what it meant and what it took in order to be able to participate in it. So if you're a parent, it's really important that your kids understand it and they know it and that they know when it's right for them to do it and you've talked to them. And you've asked, why are we doing this? What are we doing this for? And so I'm hoping this morning, okay, to partly have dialogue so that you can have it in your families and we're going to take this together and you'll be able to have some point to talk about it okay because this is a really important thing that we do together as a church because one of the things it does is it brings us together and it unifies us as we do this together so what i'd like to do is go to first corinthians 11 which paul talks to the current church about this thing called communion. And then I want to back up a little bit and say, what was Jesus doing in the first place that he took, that he had these elements in front of him and he took them and started this thing that we do now 2,000 years later called communion. So that's kind of where we're going to talk about this. So Paul taught and encouraged the churches to regularly remember what Christ had done for them with 
communion. Now, for the church, it was very different because quite often they would eat together in their homes, and this would be a part of a meal. Many of them were Jewish homes. They would still be celebrating what, what is known as Passover, uh, and so it would be part of that table. It would be part of other feasts. And things got off track in Corinth, okay? And so I want you to see what Paul writes to them. And we're going to hit a couple verses here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So I want to get the following instructions. Paul says, I do not praise you. Uh-oh, they, they got something wrong here, okay? They don't know something or they got something wrong. And he's just telling them, okay, I'd like to applaud you guys on this one, but sorry, okay? You're not getting a gold star in the chart for this one. So uh, we, we got some things we got to work on, and I'm not here bossing you around. I'm here. We're going to lovingly figure this out, okay? Because you come together not for the better, but for the worse, okay? When you come together and when you celebrate, it's not for the betterment of everybody else. It's like it's going the wrong direction, and we got to change this, and we got to turn this around, okay? Here were their problems in Corinth, okay? Because there's verses on this. Division. There was division over over simply coming together and taking communion together. Yeah. And maybe it's people didn't know. Uh, Some of it was people uh, went ahead of themselves. That's that's selfishness. Okay. Um, They use this this occasion to actually be selfish and look after themselves and their needs first. Okay. In the early church, there was an incredible mixture of rich and poor, slave and free. It's why uh, Paul writes that. There was this incredible mixture. And sometimes, guess what? They just reverted back to the way it was in every single other place in their day. They reverted back to, oh, you're a slave, you're nothing, okay? You're a female, you're nothing, okay? You're, you know, uh, you're poor, you're nothing. And that crept into the church. And all of a sudden, the same way they looked at each other in public and in other places, they began to bring down to the church. And Paul says, time out. We are not like everybody else. We are different. We are set apart. And so we're going to act differently. That means when we come to this moment, we are not going to see it out of selfishness and getting what I want. Uh, We are actually going to look out for each other. There was also a great lack of respect that, that this moment is remembering what Christ has done for us. We don't go into this just casually, ah, this is a part of everything else, you know. Uh, we actually come with a, with a sense of respect and a sense of gratitude that Jesus would lay down his life for us. Gosh, this ought to be special then, right? This isn't just supposed to be some common everyday occurrence. This ought to be something that is special, and when we celebrate it, it's special. And we help parents, our kids, understand that. And we, folks, understand that this is a special time. So then Paul moves to that because he's like, I know you got this all wrong. We're just going to go back to the beginning. We're going to go back to what it's all about. So here's what he begins to say to them. For I received in the Lord what I passed on to you. I didn't make this up, right? Jesus did this. I didn't make it up. I'm going to give this now to you. I want you to understand this as well. That the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you, which is broken for you, which is for you. Do this. Eat this in 
remembrance of me. Okay, that's, he just goes back and he just quotes exactly what Jesus said on that date. Even though Paul was not there, but he had several other companions he knew who were there. And he just went back that night and he said, you want, you want to know where this all started? It all started the night before the cross. And this is what Jesus did. So that's why we're doing it. And so do you see what he's doing for the people of Corinth? So why are you doing this? Jesus laid down his life out of selfishness. No, no, he didn't. Did, did did Jesus do that with, with with just, ah, it's no big deal, it's just my life? No, he did it with a great sense of awe and respect to the plan and purpose of God that it would redeem us and set us free. So he just goes back to that night and says, all the things you guys got confused about and you're, you're selfish and there's a lack of respect and there's divisions, if I take you back to that first night, you'll go, ah, oh, that's why it's different. That's why it's special. That's why it's why we are going to do this. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this every time you get in remembrance of me. And then I love what he says after this. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, we do this. Okay, he's going to tell us something, something is important here. When you do this, every time, not just sometimes, this is why this was important for them. They'd lost that. They'd lost that sense of awe. That lo- they lost that sense of this is unique and important. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You proclaim what he has done for you. You proclaim that you were lost and you are found. You proclaim that you were far from God and he came near and redeemed you. You proclaim that. You actually say that by taking those two things together, by eating and drinking together. You proclaim just that, that Jesus came and Jesus died until the day that he returns. Wow, that's pretty significant, isn't it? (laughs) That's pretty significant. It's not something we should do casually. It's something we ought to think about and remember. So communion, what was Jesus doing that night with his disciples? He was celebrating Passover, okay? So if you've ever uh, heard this from the book of Exodus, you, you read about Passover. It was the final step before the Israelites were allowed to leave Egypt, before Pharaoh would let them go. Before they went through everything else, he finally lets go after this moment. And there were things they had to do for Passover. And then it gets put into, this is a holiday you're going to celebrate. Okay? This is something you're going to celebrate. So we celebrate Christmas. This was something they celebrated every year. They had certain and certain events that they went through celebrating this thing called Passover. And guess what people did on Passover? They traveled. They would go from wherever they lived, if they lived outside of Jerusalem, many of them would travel all the way back to Jerusalem to the temple for Passover itself. It was a huge holiday after what initially happens. So what I'd like to do is take you back what happens and look at some themes around Passover that perhaps you didn't think about, right? You didn't think about these themes. We just think about, okay, it was the final step, and then they leave, and they get out of Egypt. They exodus out of Egypt and begin their journey to 
the promised land. And sometimes you just don't take time and read about this and grab the themes of Passover. Now, why is this going to be important? Because Jesus is thinking of those themes in what he's doing. And those themes are relevant for us today as we take this together. That he's thinking back to those themes because that was what was happening that night. The night he took that cup and that bread, which were all part of Passover, and with his disciples, and then told us years and years later, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. Okay, here's the first one. Recognition of God. In other words, make God known. Okay? We don't, well, how, how do we, how does God make himself known in Passover? I want you to see this, okay? And the Egyptians, and this is after all the plagues, okay? Why do we have to have all the plagues? Why, why does Pharaoh keep saying no? Why does God, if you've ever, you ever want to read a troubling passage that you want to try to figure out, why does God harden the heart of Pharaoh so he won't let him go, and they just keep seeing more and more plagues, and some of them are just terrible. You don't want them, okay? What, what on earth's going on? So this is, this is God telling Moses, then the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I extend my hand over Egypt and bring the Israelites out from among them. He had a purpose for everything. And one of those purpose was, I'm going to make sure everybody in this country knows who I am. Because I would love to save them and redeem them, and I would love to reach them. This is a theme throughout the entire Old Testament that God was up to reaching everybody, okay? And he's like, I want them to know this. When I bring them out, I'm going to show the Egyptians who I am. He just simply said, I'm going to make known who I am by everything that takes place. So we think about that. The Egyptians knew who the, that God was God. Why? Because of everything they saw and everything they witnessed. So part, do you understand? We just talked about proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. We get to make God known in our lives, that God is at work in us, that God is working through us. So when's the last time in your life you made it clear that you made God known? You made God known who he was, that Redeemer, he's your Savior, he's the one you lean into for strength. When was the last time you leaned into that and you uh, watched that together? Some of you have been following along this week in the news with um, with with that we've been putting out uh, about uh, my good friend Jim. Jim's been here before to, to church and the accident he was in. Uh, I got to talk to him for about 10 minutes the other night. Um, which was uh, great to hear his voice, especially after seeing pictures and stuff, which, you know, I, I wish, like you would hear the news and you could process stuff and talk to people before you see pictures, okay? Pictures don't help, okay? I, who thought pictures help? They did not help, okay? And, and so I, I'm talking to him, and, and this is the one, one of the themes that I'm hearing from Jim and his family is... Well, God must have spared my life for a reason, so I simply must make God known, okay? That's just one of those themes because uh, when, when, when you see pictures, when, when people who saw things happen, they're like, oh, gosh, right? And you're like, oh, do you understand that so many things in our life, we have the opportunity to make God known. So what you have the opportunity to do, simply make God known 
through things that happen and take place in our life. So number two, rebirth. Rebirth. What do we mean by rebirth? That, that God makes all things new, okay? It comes to when Passover is, okay? Well, when they celebrate Passover, don't they celebrate Passover the time we celebrate Easter? Yeah, but you know where that falls on a Jewish calendar? Watch this. This month is to be, and they're talking about Passover, to be your beginning of months. It'll be your first month of the year. Do you know what Passover is? Okay. It's New Year's. Isn't that interesting? Okay. Um, right? We get January. They got spring. I'm about ready to go to a different calendar. Anybody want to join me? Okay. I'm thinking I could start it that way, right? New Year comes and it's warm, right? I mean, you know, it's spring. We're, we're back to doing stuff. That, that's what he did. That's the calendar that God set up for his people. Why? Because you want the first thing of the year is you are going to celebrate this. And this is going to be a rebirth. Rebirth for you. Which is exactly what it was for the Israelites. What were they? Slaves in Egypt. Were they a nation? Well, not really, right? But they're, they're a group of people. They're living in Egypt. You want to talk about the birth of a nation, and which happens to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then God rebirths that the exodus and it's the same for us god wants to do the same exact thing in our life if you go back to the conversation with nicodemus in john chapter three what is one of the things jesus says to nicodemus why do you ask about this thing called rebirth you should know about this thing of rebirth you're a teacher if you ever thought well what is he talking about where is that it was at passover every year jesus is almost looking at nicodemus don't you know about this thing called rebirth Oh, we're new creations in Christ. We get, we, we get this fresh start in Jesus. Have you lost that? So I want you to understand that was the beginning of their calendar. Yay, it's spring. We're celebrating what God has done. And there is this sense of rebirth and renewal and everything that God wants to do in our lives. The last one is this rescue. This idea of never oppress, always set free. And you find it all over the place. I'm going to give you one example. If you ever read in the Old Testament, Exodus and Deuteronomy, you will run into this idea. You must not oppress a resident foreigner, okay? Somebody comes in, okay? I don't want you to oppress them. I don't want you to take advantage of them. I don't want you to say, ooh, we got fresh meat here. We can have some fun with them, okay? I want you to treat them differently. Well, why should we do that, okay? None other nation does this. Could you see the Israelites' conversation with God? Since what? You know the life of a foreigner, okay? For you were foreigners in the land of Egypt. And there's a theme that works throughout Exodus and Deuteronomy especially. This idea was, guess what? You were oppressed. You don't ever oppress. You were enslaved, don't you ever enslave, right? Don't, don't you do that. Don't you go to that. Um, you care for, and this is constant. You care for the widow. You care for, care for the alien, the, the, the foreigner, and you care for the orphans. You're going to care for those people. This is a different nation, right? And it, it, it's, in, it's incredible. And it's all throughout their language. Rescue, rescue, rescue. We don't oppress, we rescue. We watch people get set free, okay? We, 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 we aren't going to be a part of that. And, and this, this concept of being set free 
and watching other people get set free. You understand we get to do this, introducing people to Jesus. We get to be a part of the same thing. Watching somebody get set free. Somebody who's stuck in sin, stuck in selfishness, stuck in going their own way because everybody else convinced them this is the best thing to do. They get to go in a new direction. They get to be set free. They get to be a new creation in Christ. Make God know. Rebirth and rescue. All a part of the themes of Passover that Jewish people still to this day gather together and celebrate what God has done for them. So let's take those three themes. Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus rose again. And when we celebrate this morning, he made God known. We talked about that over and over again. Show us the Father, as the disciples asked. And he goes, wow, you guys really miss it. Okay, He offered rebirth to all those who believe, which is what he was trying to Nicodemus, right? You must be born again. There is a rebirth that happens in me and urges us to rescue others from the oppression of sin that he came to set us free from. All those things are present in Jesus and why Jesus came. And I hope it helps you this morning a little bit to think about this moment that we're going to have together this morning to take that cup and the bread and to take it together and to eat together and to drink together and to celebrate this, that this is what God has done for us, that this is a moment to be remembered and it's a moment to be celebrated all that God has and is doing in our life. So communion, what is it? What? How? Again, parents, how are you helping your kids to understand this? Communion is a remembrance to point us to Jesus and what he has done for us. Because I don't know about you, I don't have very good memory at times, okay? I forget. I forget. And because I forget, I need things to help me to remember. You probably forget as well. And there's something about taking two simple little plastic cups one that's going to have a piece of bread in the bottom of it, one that's going to have uh, grape juice for us, and about taking those two things, and when we eat them together as a church, and when we drink together as a church, we get an opportunity to celebrate all that God has and is doing in our hearts and in our lives. So this morning we're going to do that. I'm going to pray this morning, and that... Um, our, our elder this morning, Dave's going to come up and help me. And uh, Dave's going to be on this side. We're just going to ask you to get out of your seats, come up, and we're going to hand you two cups. I'll be over on this side so you guys can come up and, and meet me up here. We're going to give you two cups, and then you can head back to your seats. And then we're going to eat this together and drink this together. Kids, hopefully your parents have told you and communicated you whether you're whether you are ready to be a part of this, participate in this. Um, and if not today, then have those conversations in your home so that um, you are ready for the next time that we get together and celebrate all that God has done. So let me pray, and then we're going to invite you to come up and grab 
two elements and get back to your seats, and then we'll eat and, and drink together this morning. Father, I, I pray this morning that this would be a special moment. Not just another, oh, it's, it's, it's that day. Oh, it's the day we get to take these two cups again. No, a day where we remember what you've done for us. As the Israelites would gather and remember Passover and remember some of those themes, uh, re remember what, what you had done for them, that you made yourself known to, to the Egyptians, that uh, you set them free not to set others free. And, and that, Father, what, what you did in, in them was uh, just absolutely amazing. The rebirth, you've done that for us. And so I pray this morning as we take this, this cup and this bread, We'd remember all that you've done for us. And we would celebrate that. And remember how great your sacrifice is. So we ask your blessing on the cup and the bread as we take together and eat together and drink together. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, if you're joining us at home, you can grab those two elements. And uh, I'll be back up here when we are ready to eat and drink. And join us in doing that.